Well, another day of adventures in Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's pray. Father, we just invite you here. I thank you. I thank you so much for who you are, Father. Um, just minister to Cheryl and Mike, Lord. My heart bleeds for them. And yet I know that you're so ever faithful. You're ever, ever faithful. And uh, I know that you will meet them in all of this. Um, so we praise you and thank you for who you are, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that all that you've poured into me, that it comes out with clarity, Father, and that it speaks to my brothers and sisters' spirits, Lord, as it, and for mine also, Lord. You're amazing, God. Amazing, God. And so we thank you. We thank you for who you are, and we rest in that. It's still good. Okay. So I've been praying for the last couple of weeks, and uh, God led me to a scripture, and the scripture's in 1 Thessalonians. And um, I started to write everything down, and I let my wife always go over what I write because um, what comes in here doesn't always come out with great clarity. And so um, she made this observation. Well, the first time that the last time that I preached or taught or however you want to talk about it is um, about holiness to be that holy as you know as God is holy. And as I read everything and as I went back into the chapter, it's instructions for holy living. So I was cool, God. You're continuing on with what you're doing. I wasn't even aware. I was just so involved with the minutia. So, um, I'm going to start with one, uh, the main scripture starts at 1 Thessalonians 5, and it starts at basically 16, but there's a little build-up beforehand, oops, and I want to read that. It says, a description of the day of the Lord, and it says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves, you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so, this, so that this day should, should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. And we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let those who are of the day be sober. Again, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are doing. So he's saying, continue in what you're doing. Right? That's what's happening in this body, to be honest. There's a lot, a lot of trials. People are supporting, praying for, and God's saying, check mark, right on. Right? So, he goes on and he goes on to encourage them some more and he says, we urge you to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you um, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. 
be at peace among yourselves. And then he goes on and he says, now we exhort you, brethren. He says, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak and be patient with all and see that no one renders evil for evil. So he's going down a list, right? And he's encouraging them because in the back of all this, the day of the Lord's coming, all right? And we are to walk with him a certain way. So now he goes down this bullet list, all right? He's, he's, he wants them. He's, he's finishing his message to the Thessalonians. And he's telling them, he says, look, rejoice always, okay? He says, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. He says, don't quench the spirit. He says, test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So that's the, the, the scriptures that basically we're going to kind of go over a little bit. And um, rejoice always. What's so important about rejoicing? Okay. Mike and Cheryl, you know, they cry, but they get to a place because they know Jesus is with them. It's unknown. They've never been this way before, most assuredly. But in the back, the thing that keeps encouraging them the thing, is to rejoice in Him at all times. It's what takes them from down below their circumstances to rise above it and to exist in the heavenlies. That's what we all need. Rejoicing is not so much in your circumstances, but who's in charge of your circumstances, rejoicing in the Lord. Okay. So how do I navigate the circumstances of life? I find myself in. Rejoice always. Do you know what I'm going through? Rejoice. Do you know how I'm being treated? How, I'm going to, how am I going to make it? Whatever the circumstances are, right, these become the questions inside of us. It says, where are you, God? My husband, and I, the wives are looking at my husband, God. The husband are looking at my wife, God, all right? Don't, they don't see, they don't understand, all right? But as soon as I turn my attention to Jesus, oh, what a difference, okay? And the encouragement about rejoicing takes me above all of that mess, okay? That's so vital. These are, God, God is purposely giving us stepping, stepping stones here, a progression, okay? You see, as soon as I start to live in that arena, now I see possibilities. I find direction. I, I remember he's always been faithful, that he's compassionate, that he loves me in spite of me. So that's, that's amazing stuff, right? My countenance changes because of I realize that as I'm rejoicing, I've gone to another place and I see him, I see my circumstances much better when I'm with him and I'm rejoicing in him. It says, I begin to have hope. I remember, I remember I have him and he has me. So vital. And now, I am now above my circumstances as a result 
I can truly rejoice in him no matter what. Rejoicing. Pray without ceasing. What do you mean pray? I talk to God. I tell him all about what they're doing to me. How I'm treated and how I'm suffering. Right? How life's not fair to me. Right? And nothing happens and nothing changes. What's the use? And that's the truth. Nothing happens and I get depressed. My situation doesn't change and neither do I. So we got the first part of prayer. Lay it all on God. That's cool. That's what we're supposed to do. Lay it all out there. Be real with God. Right? right. Pour out your hearts to God, David talks about in the Psalms. Supposed to do that. Okay? But you mean there's more to prayer than that? There is. Once you've done that, now it's time to be quick to hear. Okay? You gotta be quick to hear. Okay? In this time, that becomes your job. I've poured it all out to God. Now, God, what do you have to tell me? All right? These are the words that become life to us. These are the words that, it, there's no way that Mike and Cheryl can go through this and not just be, you know what I mean, it's just, without just being clueless and just despondent and just totally in tears every second. But God is, and they are hearing, and God is pouring into them. And it's a great, great witness. It's, a, it's incredible, right? So, a couple of scriptures came to my mind. Um, one of them is John 10.2. And it says, He who enters the, enters the door, who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Has he called you by his name? Do you know that he's leading you out by every circumstance that you're going through. That's important. It's important to, to know and to rest in. And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them. Do you know where you're at? Do you know that God's already gone before you? It's, it's powerful. It's powerful to know that God has gone before you. We don't realize that. A lot of times, not until we get into this place of waiting upon him to hear from him. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Do you know his voice? All right. Can you get to that place, right, in the midst of your trial, where you can hear that still, small voice? It's so vital. It's so vital. Okay. Jesus is leading us. He's gone out before us in our situation, and he knows what he's after in leading us. But we must hear from him and then be obedient. At Gethsemane, Jesus is there. He's sweating, he's sweating BBs. He's, he knows what's before him. He knows the cross is before him, right? He knows the suffering he's about to, to suffer, right? He knows, I think, and to me, it's the biggest pain 
that when he becomes sin for us, he's going to be separated from his father. That's the biggest grieving to me. And, and, and you know, I get a thorn in my finger, and, I, and I, man, I'm in pain, and I don't know how he did what he did. It's just amazing, and he didn't cry out. All right? But then there's his disciples, and he's asking them, would you please sit with me and pray with me? And they fall asleep. Because they fell asleep, they weren't prepared for what was going to happen very soon. That's That's the vitalness of prayer, all right? Because God speaks into you. He prepares you. He knows where he's leading, all right? And that's what we need to grab a hold of. That's, what, that's what's so important about spending time with our Lord. Because he knows, and he will prepare your heart in advance. You'll be so shocked, you won't even believe what he's doing. How did you know? And of course you know he knows, but it's just so profound when he's poured into you, and the very words that he's poured into you come alive and real right before your eyes. Right? Because they didn't spend time, they were scattered. Okay? It was already prophesied. He knew how they were going to handle. And you know what? It became a great, great lesson to them. When you go farther on in Acts, and they're talking about, they're, they're learning, and they're, they're gathering the church. God is filling them, and he's adding numbers greatly day by day. And they're having to take care of people and widows and distribute food, they go, the, the disciples go there and say, you know what? We can't spend time doing this. Find godly men who are full of the Spirit to minister, but we have to attend to the Word and prayer. That's how vital, that's how vital this is. Okay? So, We have a we have why pray without ceasing? We have a shepherd who's on the move, and he intends for us to keep in step with him. And what he's doing, we're so wrapped up in our own little stuff, all right. And he he intends for us to, in spite of the things we're going through, all right, to worship him, to praise him, but to keep in step with what he's doing. Okay, we're here for him and his purposes. We're clueless and not prepared if our prayer lives are lacking. Pray without ceasing. So, prayer is the means of contact with God. We find direction, correction, peace, compassion, and so much more when we are in God's presence. It's there that the Spirit leads us in His Word. Vital. Vital. Spirit must lead you in this Word. That's how you know that it is correct. It's that it is the Spirit of God that you're listening to. Prayer is also the place that you discover who the way is and who the truth is and who the life is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Prayer is the place where you learn the word and the great importance of surrender and obedience. But most importantly, it's the place where it's not just Jesus on the pages of a book, but he becomes my Jesus. Okay? He's my Savior, and he's my Deliverer. He's my hope when I can't see a way out. 
Yes, I have my ups and downs, but I can't be without my Jesus, right? And he's always available to me through prayer, always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. So, again, in the beginning, on the bullet list, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. Just to bring it back again. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Well, what do I have to be thankful for? If God did nothing more for us but that he saved us from eternal damnation, we should be on our knees forever thanking him. Right? Pity is from, self-pity is from the gates of hell, from the death of hell. You must understand self-pity is from there. It's not from God, it says. But we have a God who's merciful. He doesn't give us what we deserve. We have a God who's gracious. He gives us good things, and we don't deserve them, all right? He's long-suffering and kind to us. He's slow to anger with us. But when we need a spanking, be sure it's on the way. <laughs> but for our good, but for our good. We have a good daddy. We've got a good God. And he wants us not to be put aside. Thankful. No matter, no matter what happens in this life, I'm going to be with him in heaven forever. He paid the penalty for my sins and satisfied God's wrath for all who believe in him. Belief is just not this expression. Belief is a living what you believe. Okay? Not only that, but he gave me the faith to believe. No, I, I have no boast. He presented himself to me and even helped me believe. How amazing is that? I should really be thankful. On my own without him, I'd be lost. So I should always be thankful no matter what. Don't quench the spirit. So I want to bring a thought back again. How important the first two are. For all, first all these, rejoicing brings you to, a, to the heavenlies. Okay? Praying brings you to his presence where you hear from him. Okay? Without those, you don't even have to worry about don't quench the spirit. Those must be taken place first before you ever have to be concerned about quenching the spirit. If you're not connected to him, if you're not praising him and thanking him, this is, ne- you're, this is never, you're never going to satisfy walking in the spirit. You just won't. So don't quench the spirit. And I got a whole bunch of little scribbling here, so bear with me. It says, God's purpose in the cross was to provide a way for us to be with him. And now that we're walking with him, we're going to be tempted through our emotions and our reasoning to disobey him. All of us want to hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, right? All of us want to please our daddy. That's, that's just natural, all right? 
But this walking with God in the Spirit, all right, and being sensitive to Him, it takes place in the first two. It takes place in rejoicing, takes place in, in our prayer life. And that attitude of prayer as we're walking, just that attitude is looking to Him, just looking to Him all day, no matter where you're at. If He's all-knowing and all-powerful and sees everything and He's loving, should I not trust Him in His leading? When I don't trust and obey, I quench the moving of the Spirit. So I started to think about this. I started to, I, the picture of the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire, like tongues of fire on the apostles. That's all of us. If we are walking with God, we're walking in the Spirit. And I started to think about that. And this other picture came to me. And I can remember like in older churches, in, in uh, other Christian denominations, they have candles around the altar. And they had this rod with a little cup on the end. And when it came time to, you know, leave, someone would get that pole. They'd suffocate or they'd put out that flame. Okay. Is that what we're doing when we're disobedient? Is that what we're doing? Are we extinguishing that flame over us? All right. I thought it was pretty cool. It was. It was. It made a good picture for me. So there's another picture, and I, and I just heard this, and so um, because it happened over the weekend, and it had to do with with Jim's. You know, this, you know, memorial. So, part of Ryan's testimony was that one day Jim drove up to his house and Ryan had another agenda and he was ready to leave. And he was going to leave. He was just going to tell Jim, I got to go. I'll see you later. Took a step and God said, Don't go. You guys who are here, if anybody was here, you would have heard that and probably better than what I'm expressing right now. But he stopped, and that still small voice, don't go, don't leave, all right? And he let Jim talk. God said, don't say anything, just let him talk. And after he talked, they prayed. And because of that, and because of his obedience, Jim prayed, and Jim received Christ. Don't quench the spirit. One little small voice, all right? But somebody's with Jesus right now because he listened. It wasn't some big thing. It was a little thing. It was a little thing, but it's the power of God wanting to move. And Ryan was available. And he said, yes, Lord. He didn't, the fire, all right? Didn't make sense. God, I have my agenda. I'm on the road. I got an appointment. I'm supposed to do this. No, but God says, but I have an appointment. All right? All right? I have the appointment, right? And so, miraculous, miraculous. And we so long to see those things, right? Isn't that the whole thing about revival? All right? But being available and not quenching the spirit. Keeping yourself in this place of rejoicing in him no matter what. Praying without ceasing. This is the place it takes you. This is the place. So, 
Don't despise prophecies. Where do prophecies come from? They come from the throne of God down to us. We hear a prophecy, God's direction or correction, even God's encouragement to us. Okay? And where do these come from? Again, from the throne of God. Think I should pay attention to them? Or wasn't that just nice what Trudy shared? Or wasn't that so special what Cheryl shared? Or wasn't that so special what Summer shared? Right? No. It's not just some words flapping in the wind. God wants us to heed these words. He wants them to pay it. it. When Peter spoke at Pentecost, it pricked their hearts, right? That's what God is intending. He intends us for us to, to sup, to eat these words, for them to nourish our spirits instead of, what, what, wasn't that cute? You know, or wasn't that just so special? No, God has intentions. He has intentions for us. He wants to fill us and bring life to us. Right? So. What's the importance of prophecy? How important is it to God? Matthew, in Matthew 7, Jesus is talking. And even though I know Jesus is really talking about this word, any word that we hear, it, it, he says that the word that was, men shall not live, this is Matthew 5, I'm sorry, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The private word, the word that comes alive when I'm in his word, right? the, prophet that, the, the prophecy that's spoken here in this body, right? It's food for us, for life for us. Okay. It, Jesus likened it because he talks about, he says that the wise builder who built his house on the rock because he heard the word and he did them. Okay. That's how you build your house. God is intending to build his house. If the master builder is giving us his blueprint as he's sharing his word with us, we better build that house like he's telling us and not pay attention to, oh, well, guys are pretty good about not following instructions. <laughs> right? I don't need this paper. I can do this. I got this. No. No. No, Rick. <laughs> that's, a, that's something we talk about in our home fellowship. Anyway, so we need to, we need to pay attention to when God speaks to us. Very, it's vital. Right? So, I want to read something, and I've read it before, and it just seems to be this most powerful thing, at least in my life, and it's Jeremiah 7, and it's always been before me. So God's upset with, with Israel that they've incorporated themselves into the world, into the nations around them, and they're starting to follow the other gods, and God is not a happy camper, all right? And he says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, my anger and my fury will be poured out in this place on man and on beast and on the trees of the field and on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, add to your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and eat meat. Saying, keep doing what you're doing. He's being facetious. He says, for I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt. (coughs) 
excuse me, concerning burnt offerings and sacrifice. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. That's God's heart. Not, not I'm trying to keep you from something good. God says, I'm the good, right? It says, yet you do not obey or incline your ear, but follow the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. God's always going forward. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets. Prophecy. Don't despise prophecy. Daily, rising up early and sending them. God is faithful. He's sending them. He wants us to get it. He wants us to be in line with him. He's our protection. He's our safety. As soon as we leave him out, we're in trouble. We are so vulnerable, we don't even know it. Yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck, and they did worse than their fathers. Therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. Hard words. Hard words to swallow, but encouraging words. Man, I, I need to desperately follow when God uses somebody to speak into my life. Don't despise prophecy. God has used me to speak words of life into different people most of my walk. And if you think it's a simple little thing for somebody to stand up and say, this is what God's put on my heart, it's not. It's not. And it takes faith and courage all right, and trusting in God. So to, to understand that that's what's going on in a person as they're standing up and saying, I have something to share, you need to be praying for them, all right? You need to really hear before God, God, I heard these words. That's what, I would love for everything that goes on in this church during service to be recorded because those words are vital for us to go back and hear, all right? And um, I would love for them to be done in a timely manner so we would have them somewhere towards the end of the week because they, if God is speaking, they, we need to in, intake it, right? It's important, all right? So here comes prophecies, but God still uses prophets, flesh and blood, bones, all right? So what's the next thing he says? Test all things. Test them. And then once you've tested them, hold fast to what you have discerned as good. Okay? Okay? So walking in the Spirit is an amazing journey. We can walk by God's Word with the Holy Spirit in power. But we have an enemy. Okay? The devil, the spirit of this world. And when we must be careful when we hear a personal word to us as well as a word of prophecy given to this body. This is God's word. This is his directive. Test all the spirits. So this is our personal responsibility. I've heard God's word. I need to take it to God. All right? Show me, God. I need to hear this. I need you to affirm it to me. He will. He's faithful. He knows we need to. And that's part of our relationship, personally, each one of us, with him. 
We must search the Word of God to affirm the moving of the Spirit. The Spirit never, never leads you to anything contrary to the Word of God. So, Lord, I want to do your will, but please let me know that I've heard from you. That's, that's not a bad prayer. That's a good prayer. You want to affirm it. I think it's a vital prayer for us to keep waiting and watching. We are vulnerable. A few years ago, God put on my heart. I, 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 don't, I can't even say God. Something came into my heart about my future. And another person entered into our lives. And because I was sure that I heard the word of God, right, I entered in with this person. And by the grace of God, that transaction never happened. Because it would have taken us down the toilet. So God, in his mercy, all right, kept it from happening. I thought for sure I had. And yet my wife, I don't think so. I don't think so. By God's mercy, the day we were supposed to go sign a contract for papers, we both got soaked to the bones and we couldn't make it. Who was that? That was God. That was God keeping us from making that appointment. All right? And, and because of it, and because God had put into me to write it out a certain way, it ended up being, instead of having this horrible, life-changing event, God allowed us to come out of it free. All right? Very amazing. Very amazing. Okay. So, that's the example I want to give. Sometimes you and your mate are in disagreement about a decision that needs to be made. It's okay. It's not a bad thing. Oh my God, you're not in agreement. Don't you get it? Maybe it's you that doesn't get it. Okay? That's our protection. He says, and until you're both in agreement, not between yourselves, but you're both in agreement this way, all right, then you should go forward. That's your protection. All right? And I thank God for the wife he's given me. All right? Because that would have taken us in a bad place. All right? So, abstain from every form of evil. Round, full circle, be holy as I am holy, right? That's where I started off three or four weeks ago, and that's where we're ending, all right? Abstain from every form of evil, be holy as I am holy. Also, in God, in Him, there is no unrighteousness. I'm supposed to mirror Him. The more I spend time with him, the more I'm like him. Okay. So be on the alert. Be on the watchtower of your lives by praying to God, God, show me the evil that's in me. In me. I don't have to worry about anybody else. You know, I can see even other people. What's it God saying? That's you. Yeah, right? That's what his word says. Right? But I don't need to judge them. I need to take care of me. If we all took care of us, everything would be an awesome thing, right? Okay? So, seek God to know if there's, ever, if there's any evil way in me, then prayerfully seek God to be changed in those areas of our hearts that he reveals to us. God wants the best for us, all right? Be holy as I am holy. And there's a process to that. It's, it's not a form it's a relationship. Rejoice. Be prayerful. All right? 
Don't quench the spirit. And it goes on and on and on in that relationship. And he wants us to beware of evil outside, but more importantly, inside. All right? So, he wants the best for us, and the best for us is not only his blessings. They're wonderful, but they're not him. All right? The song is, and I'll, I'll probably say this almost every time I come to speak, because it's so prominent for me in my heart. It just keeps, keeps on and pulsing and pulsing and pulsing. I must have him for myself. All right? I have to have He's He's my Jesus. I share him with you guys, but he's my Jesus. <laughs> right? So... That's pretty much what I have to share, so I'd like to pray real quick. Say, Father, we come before you and we present our hearts to you. Father, I thank you for your word because your word is always timely, timely to what we're going through in our lives. Father, we look to you. You're our hope, Lord. You're our great joy, our great joy, and I thank you. And you just want, you so want us to be with you that you suffered so greatly for it to happen. Lord, and we thank you for the great privilege to walk this earth with you. So, Father, if there is anything in this word, Father, that speaks to any of my brothers and sisters, Father, and if they wish to come before this altar, Father, and do business with you, that's awesome, God. That's awesome. And if not, that's okay, Father. But I just am thankful for your word, Father, that you've shared with me and that I've shared with my brothers and sisters, Father. And I ask that your spirit go forth, Father, and that it would minister in whatever way you wish. And I thank you for this time, and I thank you for this house, but most of all, I thank you for you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen.